I have renounced Aya. I have killed Aya. I am now the hidden one, known as Amunet. Hello, and welcome to Visions of the Past. My name is Andrew, and I am your guide to the lore of Assassin's Creed. This is episode 31, and today we're going to talk about the woman who gave us that quote, Aya of Alexandria. But before we do that, we have to start with the meaning of her name. While it is difficult to trace the origin of the name Aya, the earliest use of the name that I found was for the consort of the sun god, Shamash, in Akkadian literature that was written in Mesopotamia. Outside of Mesopotamia, the name has a handful of meanings in different languages as well. For instance, in Japanese, Aya can mean color, depending on the kanji used. In Arabic, it means verse and wonderful. Sword in Old Germanic to fly swiftly, and bird in Hebrew, and melody in Mongolian. The name that Aya ends up choosing for herself, Amunet, is an ancient Egyptian goddess whose name is the feminine noun that means the hidden one. She was paired with the god Amun, whose name is the masculine noun of the same meaning. As for we can find Aya in the series, she was first mentioned in the sanctuary of Assassin's Creed II, but the character wouldn't start to be explored until the novel Assassin's Creed Origins, Desert Oath, which released eight years later. She is also in the game Assassin's Creed Origins, the comic of the same name, has a brief mention in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, her own issue of the Assassin's Creed collection, and is a playable character in Assassin's Creed Rebellion. A descendant of the famed mercenary Cassandra, the granddaughter of the fearsome king Leonidas I of Sparta. Aya was clearly destined for greatness. Born around 85 BC in the bustling port city of Alexandria, the Greco-Egyptian girl was one of the most respected members of her small community. However, she soon found herself living with her aunt, Herit, in a small village of Siwa, where she would strike a friendship with a boy named Baek, the son of the town protector. The pair quickly fell for each other, but Bayek's father, Sabu, was afraid that Aya's mixed heritage would corrupt his teachings and did not approve of their relationship. Nevertheless, Bayek and Aya were determined to make their romance work. While on a quest to find Sabu, who had mysteriously disappeared, the two lovers discovered that the town's protector was, in fact, a member of the Medjai, an elite police force who protected the pharaoh's interests throughout the kingdom. Sabu had been investigating Bayan, a former soldier hired by the Order of Ancients who wanted to eradicate the Medjai's bloodline. Fortunately, Aya, Bayek, and Sabu were able to escape Bayan's clutches, settling in the desert afterwards. The next few years saw Sabu relentlessly training Bayek in a bid to keep the Medjai bloodline alive. In the afternoons, Bayek would share his father's teachings with Aya, and over time, the two were able to hone their skills in combat. However, the killer Bayan tracked them down and managed to murder Sabu, before being killed by both Aya and Bayek. Free from the threat of Bayan, the lovers married and settled down in Siwa, where they welcomed a son named Kimu. But tragedy struck again. In 49 BC, the Order of Ancients, who were still trying to get rid of the Medjai bloodline for good, sent a fresh batch of killers to go after Bayek and Kimu. The pair ended up in the Siwa vault underneath the Temple of Amun, where, amid the struggle and confusion of escape, Bayek found his knife redirected by the Order's leader, Flavius Metalus, 
and plunged it into his son's heart. Kimu's demise may have torn apart his anguished parents. However, it would eventually prove to be the trigger that paved the way for the foundation of the Assassin's Brotherhood. Lost and grief-stricken, Aya left her husband to join her cousin Phanos, the Younger, in Alexandria, where she threw herself into studying ancient history, philosophy, mathematics, and languages. She spent her days cooped up in the famous Library of Alexandria, reading one manuscript after another, all the while plotting to assassinate the agents of the pharaoh Ptolemy XII, whom, she believed, was responsible for Kimu's death. Instead, she found herself in the good graces of Cleopatra, her brilliance and wit attracting the friendship and confidence of the would-be queen. She became one of Cleopatra's most trusted agents, but was forced to stay in hiding beneath the Library of Alexandria after assassinating Achaeon, a member of the Order of Ancients. She didn't have to hide for long, though. Bayek, while searching for Aya in Alexandria, assassinated two other members of the Order, an event that brought him information regarding Aya's whereabouts. After nearly more than a year apart, the two lovers found themselves once again reunited with each other. Bayek's thirst to avenge his son's death was not sated by his eventual assassination of the royal scribe Edoros, who is revealed to be the man behind the cryptonym Hippo and a high-ranking member of the Order of Ancients. When Cleopatra revealed to the couple the Order's intentions, as well as the identities of four other members, Bayek left Aya behind and set out to hunt them down and eradicate the Order for good. Before long, though, the couple once again were reunited in the city of Memphis, where Bayek was tracking down a member identified only by the name of Lizard. He would be assassinated later on by Bayek, after which Aya informed her husband that she intended to accompany Cleopatra to Heraklion. As Cleopatra's most trusted agent, Aya would go on to accomplish a whole slew of legendary feats, among them the eradication of the Gabignani, a powerful Roman legion. She also played a crucial role in Cleopatra's alliance with Julius Caesar and eventual ascension to the throne of Egypt. When both Aya and Bayek learned that Caesar's most loyal follower was, in fact, the Flavius Metellus, responsible for their son's death. They were enraged. They left to hunt him down, and the once formidable leader of the order was finally assassinated. Kimu's death, now avenged, Bayek and Aya parted on good terms, and would form the Hidden Ones, the first incarnation of the Assassin Brotherhood. When Aya left for Rome, she would do so with fellow members Brutus and Gaius Cassius Longinus, recruiting others, mostly Roman senators, into their organization. When the news broke out that Julius Caesar planned to declare himself dictator, Aya snuck into the Senate and stabbed him in the back. The rest of the senators, as well as Brutus and Cassius, did the same shortly after. Despite this accomplishment, the wily Mark Anthony turned the Romans against the Hidden Ones, and Aya was forced to flee the city. Her plans to assassinate the general-turned-politician was foiled by a mob of angry citizens who chased her to the top of an aqueduct where she had fainted from her wounds. Nursed back to health by Brutus and Cassius, she returned to Egypt to confront Cleopatra after learning that the queen had had a son with Caesar. Despite sparing her former employer's life, Aya warned her that she would always be watched. In the end, Aya was captured by Mark Antony, who sought to learn the whereabouts of both Brutus and Cassius. Aya, however, refused to betray her fellow Hidden Ones, and in retaliation, Mark Antony ordered her to be thrown into a submerged arena 
to be devoured alive by hippopotamuses. Where she did manage to defeat two of the creatures, her situation remained bleak and death seemed imminent. That is, until Brutus and Cassius arrived to save her life, instructing her to take an underwater escape route. Out of respect for their organization's ideas, three spared Mark Antony's life, and Brutus returned to Crete, while Aya remained in Rome, where she formed the Hidden Ones Bureau. By 43 BC, Aya of Alexandria was no more. Having renounced her former identity, as well as the love that she had once had for Bayek, Aya took up the name Amunet to honor her time in Egypt. She spent her time fortifying the Hidden Ones, urging them to stay vigilant in the midst of the political turmoil happening all over the Mediterranean. With conflict between Mark Antony and Emperor Octavian Brewing, the horrifying deaths of Brutus and Cassius during the Battle of Philippi, and the huge possibility of civil war, it was clear that the services of the Hidden Ones would soon be needed. In 38 BC, Amunet would be drawn toward Sinai after hearing of the Hidden Ones' actions there. Arriving in time to save Bayek's life, they would go on to stop Gamunet from manipulating people into his rebellion. Following Gamulet's death, Amunet and Bayak would start to form the three tenets of the creed in order to prevent harm coming to the innocents they sworn to protect. Seven years later, disillusioned by the re-crowned Cleopatra's reign and failure to keep her promises, Amunet infiltrated the palace in Alexandria, confronting the queen and her former employer. Amid the sounds of Octavian's siege, Amunet passed a vial of poison to Cleopatra and urged her to save herself from the emperor's rage. After promising to train Cleopatra's son, Caesarion, as one of the Hidden Ones, Amunet departed and journeyed back to Rome, leaving behind a burning city and a dying queen. After her death, the story of Amunet and her achievements became the stuff of legends, passed on from one assassin to the next. Whispers about the glorious Egyptian assassin who managed to kill Cleopatra with an asp still circulate among those in the organization. Perhaps no other figure has permeated Assassin's Creed lore more than Aya of Alexandria, the strong-willed and skilled warrior whose desire to avenge her son's murder helped set off a chain of events that changed the world. Amulet may have died centuries ago, but her life's work, the Assassin Brotherhood, remains strong. She continues to be honored and revered by those in the organization, all of whom desire to live up to her name and continue her legacy. For as much as I like Bayek and Assassin's Creed Origins, I wish I had more time with Aya. Her personality was a good contrast to his, and during the playthrough, I found myself wanting to know more about her. The only downside was that she only had the option to use dual swords, and I had a hard time playing with those weapons and never used them. The way we were introduced to the character within Assassin's Creed 2, having a shrine within Venice, has made me wonder lately if we would see more of the character going forward within Assassin's Creed. We had so little information about her then and then see it explode so many years later. I think there is a possibility that we'd get to see some mention of her inside Assassin's Creed Valhalla as the Roman Empire would start to govern the island of Great Britain in 43. Though Julius Caesar did invade Britain during the Gaelic Wars between 55 and 54 BC. And it is, of course, a location within Valhalla, which some Roman ruins, like Hadrian's Wall, have already been confirmed to appear. Outside the upcoming game, though, I'm unsure if we'll get more with stories with Amunet, but only time will tell. Thank you for joining me today. 
Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. If you love Visions of the Past podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and have a review on iTunes. If you have any questions about Assassin's Creed or topics that you would like me to cover, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at visions underscore AC. You can find those links in the episode's show notes. Till next time, my assassin friends, make sure to follow the creed. And to those Templars listening, may the Father of Understanding guide you.